Welcome to We Are ACHE of Massachusetts, a podcast series produced by the Massachusetts chapter of the American College of Healthcare Executives. This series features educational and inspiring conversations with leading game changers in the healthcare field, offering insight into the challenges of healthcare professionals in the 21st century. Now, here's your host, Jordan Rich. Welcome on today's ACHE podcast. I get the chance to connect with two outstanding leaders in the healthcare field. Our subject matter is career growth and development. In the second half of our episode, I'll be talking with Karen Moore. She's Senior Vice President of Operations and Chief Nursing Officer at Lawrence General Hospital. But first up, Christine Schuster, President and Chief Executive Officer at Emerson Hospital in Concord. Christine, thank you so much for your leadership and for joining us on the podcast. And we'll start by asking you to talk a little bit about your own career path. And uh, you've done so much in the healthcare industry. There's still more to do, I take it. Well, you're absolutely right about that, Jordan. Um, I started out as a registered nurse working in the clinical setting and decided to get a master's in business administration from the University of Chicago. And then I proceeded to work in consulting for five years, which gave me a lot of experience broadly across the healthcare system. And then I knew I really wanted to be in the hospital setting. So I proceeded to take on a number of administrative positions with increasing responsibility. And that brings me to today, where I'm president and CEO of Emerson Hospital for the last 15 years, and they also had two other CEO positions. So in total, um, I've been in administration over 25 years, and it changes every day, which keeps it exciting and very interesting for me. And you're right, there's still much more to be done. The benefit of doing a podcast like this is that we have a wonderful targeted audience, and many of them are just starting out, as you did as an RN, some are starting out as PAs, whatever they might be doing, they have the potential to sort of branch out as you did, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. There's so much to do in healthcare. You can stay in a clinical pathway and take on increasing responsibility, or you can go into the administrative pathway. My advice for anyone is to not limit yourself. You know, I think the field of consulting is an excellent way to sample the menu, if you will, experience what it's like to work, say, in post-acute care, or in home care, or in a hospital, or in the growing um, ambulatory field, or urgent care centers, or physician practices. And I really think you need to do that to have an idea of where your interest lies, because you're always going to be more engaged if you're doing work you're interested in. And also, it gives you a broad range of experiences which are attractive to any employer. We're going to stumble and fall. Everyone does. How do you deal with that in your own life, in your own career? And how do you advise others who are getting into the swing of things and then stumble? I think it's always very important to stretch yourself. And if you're not having failures, large and small, then you're really not experiencing what I would call a worthwhile career. We all go down dead ends and dark alleys, stumble a little bit, and I think that that's important for growth. We don't get better, stronger, or know ourselves and what our capabilities are, our limitations, our strengths, unless we have some some failings along the way. What's important is that you use those learnings to take you to another level, and I think it's really important to have 
mentors, to have groups like ACHE where you can talk about your experiences because you realize you're not alone. Mentorship is key in so many fields, but in healthcare, it really makes a difference when you can stand side by side with someone or at least observe someone in the operating theater or in the office. Tell me how it works at Emerson Hospital. So in my particular path, mentors have always played a big role in helping me to grow, to push myself, to apply for a position when I didn't think I was ready for it. And I would never be where I was today without them. Um, At Emerson, um, many of our senior leaders are homegrown and are mentored by other senior leaders, including myself, along the way. What I love about ECAG is we have a mentorship program where you can sign up and be matched with someone who will help you um, over a period of a year to stretch yourself, to talk about your concerns, because often it's hard Um, to have a mentor sometimes within your organization if you can't Mm. find someone. But ACHE really does help to fill that hole for for people who are interested in growing and and thriving. And you talked about socialization, about community. I mean, when you're working in healthcare, long hours under pressured situations, you may not have the opportunity to spend some of that time talking to colleagues about things that really concern you. But with a group like ACHE, you have that opportunity to socialize and form community. You're absolutely right, Jordan. And you know what's interesting? After a long day of work, your first thought is to go home, put your feet up, Um, maybe watch a good show, but I will tell you all the times that I've pushed myself to go to an ACHE event or another professional event, have dinner with a colleague, I've never regretted it because even though the thought of networking, you know, talking with people who, you know, you, you aren't familiar with can sometimes be a little scary. It's also the best way to grow your network, to learn about what's happening in other organizations And many of my positions I found because someone in my network called me and said, hey, I heard this position is going to open. And so you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that helps push you out of your your shell. I think we all have some natural natural shell that we have. And also you get great friends uh, and great colleagues that will be with you throughout the course of your career. Makes great sense. Now, let's talk about women in healthcare leadership. You've been at it many years. You've been a bit of a trailblazer here. Talk a little bit about where women are. I do think women continue to take on top roles in organizations, and we've seen that grow over time. I do think that women have to look for environments that are family-friendly, that allow you to balance both your personal life and your professional life. Um, that's what I've always done and have been able to be successful. And then as a leader myself, try to foster an environment for both women and men that allows them to have balance. But that's why when you look for a position, culture, organizational fit are very important for where you are in that particular stage of, of your career. And so you cannot undermine some organizations are welcoming to that and I think more so over time, and some are less so. Um, and it's really up to you to find the, the fit for where you are in your life. And I guess my final words on this topic would be, be the kind of leader that, you, that encourages other women to you know, network, to get out and meet people. You'll review their resume. 
um, there's enough room at the top for everyone, and so by helping each other out, there actually will be more women at the top of organizations. I love what you said, Christine, about having a good fit. It's more than just uh, the paycheck and certainly more than just the pay grade and, and the level of title that you have. It's how you live your life with family, friends, and how you keep sane in a very high-pressured field. It's very high-pressured, which is why you need to work in a culture that's going to be supportive. You need to work with people um, who you enjoy seeing every day because often you're spending more time with them than you are with your family. So sometimes you're offered a great position, but you do have to pause and say, is this where I'm not going to just survive and get my paycheck, but am I going to thrive here? Is this the, am I doing the kind of work I want to do with the kind of people I want to do? So at the end of the day, you feel very content. If you wake up in the morning and you don't want to go to work, that's a red flag for you're mm. not in the right place. And for those young careerists, as they're called, who are listening and are thinking long-term or longer-term, what would be some of the emerging areas in healthcare leadership beyond the CEO and beyond the department heads? Are there other new areas of medicine that are going to require leaders? Absolutely. I look at the feel of information technology and everything from you know, an organization's medical record system, clinical systems, but also now telemedicine, teleneurology, telehealth. That area is just going to continue to blossom, and there's so much potential there. Also, everything gets pushed from the hospital setting to the post-acute setting to the ambulatory setting. So doing things and being a leader and innovator outside of the hospital close to the patient, say in retail, on the retail area, is really, really going to be a growing field. So uh, if you're looking for something that's new, different, growing, lots of opportunity, those are the areas I would Mm, recommend. Certainly sounds exciting. We have a sort of a standard closing question, and you might have even sort of answered it with my last question, but I'll ask it anyway because that's what we do. What hope do you have about technology playing a role in, in advancing healthcare leadership, say, in the next five years? And I know you kind of alluded to telemedicine, but where do you see technology taking us in terms of healthcare development and leadership? Technology is an enabler. It it allows us to do all the things we want to do. I think we've just seen the tip of the iceberg at this point. I think um, with telephones and and all sorts of uh, apps that we have now, I just see technology as enabling us to do more and more. Visits will be virtual in many cases if it's appropriate. So, you know, I think it's a field that is only going to get bigger, and it's going to help all of us to be able to deliver better, more timely, and more convenient Mm. healthcare. Christine, let's once again talk a little bit about ACHE, and you've benefited from it, and you've seen others benefit from it. What would you like to say to those considering joining ACHE and how it might help them? Well, I can honestly say for someone who came to ACHE a little later in the game, I think if it's one thing I would do over was to join ACHE as a student and to stick with it. The opportunities, the people you meet, the conferences you can go to, the connections you can make uh, will help you to accelerate and advance your career. And don't just become a member. Be an active member. Get involved. Go to the um, educational offerings. Use the directory to call people and do informational interviews. 
You will not regret it. Well, we don't regret having you on this podcast. You're a delight to talk to and very inspiring, and we want to wish you all the best going forward. Thank you, Jordan. It's been a pleasure. If you're looking to grow your career, then consider joining other leaders in healthcare and becoming an American College of Healthcare Executives member. There are many benefits to joining the Massachusetts chapter of ACHE. You'll be among the leaders in healthcare, gaining knowledge and skill sets that will help you grow professionally and excel at your job. You'll enjoy greater satisfaction and the potential to enhance your career. And you'll be giving back to your profession in positive and inspiring ways. As a member of ACHE, you'll join more than 48,000 healthcare leaders from across the United States and the world who are dedicated to improving healthcare and advancing the profession of healthcare management. Visit ACHE.org slash membership. That's ACHE.org slash membership. My second guest on today's ACHE podcast is Karen Moore, Senior President of Operations and Chief Nursing Officer at Lawrence General Hospital. Now, she's also very heavily involved with ACHE, and Karen has a lot to say about career opportunities and tips for success. First off, what about your own career, Karen? Well, you know, I love being a a practicing nurse at the bedside, uh, but it was pretty evident to me early on that delivering care was a team sport and that it really required systems that worked well and teams that worked well together. So as much as I love practice, and, and this and this was a big decision for me you know, in my career because you, you get at a crossroads, especially for a nurse, to go down that path of management and executive practice. Many of us have to leave clinical practice to do that. So I uh, I started to get involved as a staff nurse in practice improvement, uh, governance councils, applying evidence to practice, improving things, and, and eventually thought I wanted to try management to work with people. What role did mentorship play? Because almost everybody has either done it or been mentored. And I'm guessing, I don't want to go out on a limb here, but I'm guessing there were people you looked to uh, to help. As a young nurse, you know, really, I can remember just looking up to other nurses so much who had developed a real expert practice and how much they meant to me and how much, how important it was to have something to look to and towards that you could be like that. When I got into leadership, that was a big change because managing people in teams for outcomes is much harder than taking care of a patient, actually. Mm. Uh, or it's different. Like, let's put it, that was very different. And I learned quickly that just because you have formal authority doesn't mean you'll be successful at team building or influencing change. So, an early uh, mentor was a director of nursing I worked with who long before, you know, it's popular now to talk about patient-centered care, um, always talked about the patient being first and the patient being the center of all we do. And that was an important framework. Uh, you know, when, when you don't know a lot about um, a lot of things, but you keep a focus on the patient and framework, mm. it, everybody listens to that. 
and it's it's a good way to um, advance and work to improve patient care. So yeah, I had I had that director as I rose in uh, management, you know, from a nurse manager position. Uh, I actually kind of an unusual path because I went from a nurse manager position to actually a vice president position. I also took advantage not only of having mentors, but seeking out executive coaching early in my career. That's something I also highly recommend for people, particularly as they go from one level of their career to the next. Because while well, you become a novice again, right? You're learning. And while you can lead with what your strengths are when you're trying to grow and develop, to have a coach that you can confidentially talk to about challenges and better ways to um, manage them. So I've actually kept a coach, which I've used at different points in my career, more or less, but I continue to use a coach in my Mm. career. I always have somebody that I can call upon to help me strategize or think through particularly challenging scenarios or challenging relationships or can help me think about what next I want to do in my career, uh, you know, all kinds of things. I highly recommend not only mentors who connect with you, care about you, and they want to help you, and um, but actually formal coaching is Hmm. well, well worth it. Karen, what about you now in your role as a leader? I mean, you must have people under you that are looking for more than just uh, instructions on what to do and when to do it. They're looking for guidance, for leadership, for direction. Are you applying the same kinds of things you learn to them? A really important thing I learned, and I hope I do this, you know, for my people, is to really model what you, you know, want to see, because there's nothing as powerful as seeing leadership in action. I mean, that works for me. You know, you can read a book, you can go to a conference, you can talk to people, you can talk about theory of leadership, but to see really effective leadership in action, we all, uh, especially in the organizational environment, you all start to mimic it, right? You start to say, wow, I want to be more like that. That's really effective. That's really successful. So I look for it in the environment and I look for it with my, um, uh, take that seriously in terms of my team. and they all have hard jobs to do, and I can't do their jobs, and I can't micromanage them. Everybody's a little bit different. People mm. have different strengths and styles, so it's really important to understand who your team is, what their experience is, mm. and, and help them to be stronger. So I um, have regular team meetings. I have regular one-on-one meetings with people. I offer a lot of my people um, the opportunity to have coaching. I really believe in that they should belong to professional organizations, that they should get out. That's how organizations harvest innovative ideas. It's not only important for individuals to stay professionally involved with organizations like ACHE, but it really has a lot of value for organizations that their people go out and harvest right. these ideas and bring them back and have these and have these enormous net- networks that they can tap into. In the end, I would say I, I really have a mantra for us as a team. You know, we're all here for each other's success, and that's what we should be asking. How can I make Mary successful today? How can I mm. make John successful today? I always ask him, how can you make Karen successful today? And Karen, how can you help, you know, mm. um, uh, you know, Maureen to be successful or uh, that? I think, I think that flips, you know, how teams work when you think that way. Sure. And, let uh, me let me follow up with the question about your perspective, having done this for a while. And I don't say that it's long years. I call it 
earned experience, okay? Because I've been doing what I'm yeah. doing for a long time, and I, I love it. And I get so much out of it year to year. But what's changed in terms of the challenges for healthcare professionals, say, from 20 years back to today? And there are obvious things probably to people, but certainly the political tenor has changed, the money and the, and the budgets and the tightness and the scheduling. What do you see as the major challenges that were maybe weren't as pronounced when you started? The pace of change, uh, the, the pressure to make that change as quickly as possible, uh, sometimes more than the organization or individuals can really, really do well. Um, I, I think that's, um, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. So, you know, it's important as a leader to help groups focus, help them balance um, because it's always going to be there. We are just in an era, and maybe it's here to say, um, where uh, this is going to be the pace and intensity of things. So that's probably that's probably the biggest change, um, and 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 definitely real, not just. Uh, imaginary, because I can I can remember, and this began to shift in the '90s, um, and it's just accelerated since then. Discovering a balance for yourself and for those who work under you is very, very important, isn't it? Yeah, so it's really important to support people personally. Um, I, for one, if you know, people with children, they got to get out to the soccer game. They really have to go. You know, they have to be there. You know, for the it's like I think a, a word people use now is more integration. You know, so you better love your work. Number one, you better really <laughs> love your work because you're spending a lot of time at it, and have a real positive attitude about that, and then be able to, to integrate. You're going to work hard, but you know, you could take time off, and you know, your organization is going to support you while you're gone, and you have colleagues that will cover for you, and you cover for them. That kind of give and get that happens. And know when you need to pace yourself and take some time off um, and prioritize things. Um, you know, really pay attention. Just pay attention mm-hmm. to yourself and what you need. I'm talking to two dynamic women leaders in healthcare in this podcast. What are your thoughts on where women are in healthcare and where they're going? Well, there's lots of research that show that women bring skill sets to groups, to teams, to leadership. Uh, again, we're speaking in stereotypes, um, but. Um, but that men don't bring. So, you know, I think the days are gone when we should try to be like a man. <laughs> I, I think um, that bringing skill sets of team building, you know, we're relational um, so that um, the interpersonal skills change, uh, recognizing people, building teams, um, theoretically, you know, is, uh, is is more what women are biased towards. And, and those skills happen to be really in demand in the workplace right now. Um, so top-down command and control leadership does not work in environments that are going through a lot of change, going through a lot of innovation, going through a lot of technology changes, those kinds of things. So it's actually, um, you know, find out what your leadership strengths are and be more of that, right? So, um, like I happen to be somebody who's um, really strategic and likes to execute on a vision. And I know that I should not be in a job that is detail work 
or repetitive. Um, I need to be in a position that has high aims and is creative and is different every day. So um, know your strengths, be more of them, and match the position you have to what your strengths are. Mm. Or what the organization needs, or what your strengths Make, are. Makes you can't always sense. tell what. Yeah, you can't always tell what the position is going to require based on the title. You really have to understand right. what that organization needs. Just two more things. One is a general advice for clinicians who are not currently members of ACHE, let's say, or organizations like it. Advice for up and coming uh, clinicians and healthcare workers. What benefit is it to them to join an organization like ACHE to reap certain benefits? What would they get? Well, I joined ACHE 15 or 20 years ago because I wanted to be able to communicate, talk, and know about healthcare in a broader way than my silo as a, as a practicing RN. And it just opened up knowledge and a whole world for me that was about Diversity, diversity of skill, diversity of competencies. It was the whole organization. And now I like it, even as a senior careerist, because I am constantly in the company of all generations, the latest in thinking and uh, about um, healthcare, um, access to you know tr- leadership training and networking. That never stops being important in your career. But as I said um, earlier, my my whole graduate research was about what makes one an effective leader when it comes to changing workplace. And a a, a key thing um, is the ability to go out and harvest ideas. And you do that through professional memberships. And ACHE just happens to be broader, more diverse. It's really a whole healthcare environment. So I think it, it helps you to serve the organization in your career. There's so many diverse environments I've been to and ACHE has um, is always there mm. for the resource to, to help me to navigate those career Wonderful. changes. Just one more thing. It's our standard close with a specific tie into what we're talking about, a standard question that goes like this. What is your, Karen, your greatest hope for new technologies, new advances to improve uh, the development of healthcare professionals? What will have impact in the next five years if we were to look at it that way? I am, um, it's a great question. And especially right now, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, that technology is so important right now. We cannot keep adding staff, right? We, we can, there's so much that technology can do now to keep patients safe. I mean, there are beds, for instance, that turn patients, that download patients' vital signs into the electronic medical record, that um, help pull patients um, up in bed, that monitor, you know, patients' vital signs for the nurse to see, you know, whatever, that these are labor-saving devices that actually guarantee more reliable, safe care, they, you know, and, um, and save labor. And I honestly think we should be investing more in technology than building beds, um, although, you know, I'm in, a, in an organization that <laughs> seems to have people waiting at the door all the time, but I really think um, technology to facilitate 
the ease of patient care that people should really focus on right now. Well, you've been terrific. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and for doing what you do on a daily basis. We appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. We are ACHE of Massachusetts, inviting you to subscribe, download, rate, and review this podcast series found on all major podcast platforms. For information on becoming a member, upcoming events, getting involved, and more, just visit massache.org. That's massache.org.